bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's word. I'm going to talk today about boldness. Boldness. Boldness is one of the virtues of righteousness. So this is boldness, part one. Please stand with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelations, chapter 21, and verses 1 to 8. The book of Revelations, chapter 21, verses 1 to 8. This is almost getting to the end of the Bible. Book of the Revelation, as you know, is the last book of the Bible. And it tells us what happens in the end times. And at this level, uh, John sees a vision after the final judgment. And in this vision, he sees Christ exalted. And then he sees the, those who go to heaven and those who don't go to heaven. I want you to listen carefully to the vision of John in the book of Revelation. So let's hear the reading. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Verse 7. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderous, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. But this is a very interesting passage because it talks about two kinds of people. In verse 7, we read, He who overcomes shall inherit all things. This refers to a first group of people that I call the conquerors. The conquerors are the people who overcome. Now, this is after the great tribulation. The Antichrist has come. And the Bible says there are people who will overcome. They are the conquerors. They are also faithful people. They are people who hold on their faith until the end. And these are those who make it to heaven. The conquerors, the faithful, make it to heaven. So, so John saw in this vision... People going to heaven. And he calls them those who overcome, the conquerors. They've been faithful to the end. And they enter 
into the glory of God. But there's a second group, and it's headed by the cowards. The cowards. This refers to those who are easily intimidated. They are the fearful, and they end up in hell. It's very interesting. The cowards end up in hell. Cowards are those who compromise on what they believe in so they can please man. Cowards are not faithful to themselves and they are not faithful to anybody. They are people who are not courageous and constant in their Christian witness. And it seems very harsh when you look at this passage that God will include cowards with murderers, sexually immoral, idolaters. I think if we were to give a hierarchy of bad people, we would think murderers should be number one. But in God's hierarchy, cowards are number one. Being a coward is, is more serious, according to this, than being a murderer. Cowards. And if you look at the list, the first on the line is cowards. The last is liars. Because cowards are liars. And in between cowards and liars, every sin can happen. I hope you're not a coward. As a matter of fact, the root word for coward is quite interesting uh, because it comes from a French word that means tail. It simply means putting your tail in between your legs, the way uh, dogs do when they are running away out of intimidation. So cowards are people who run uh, the opposite direction. Let's look at another categorization of people in the Bible. And this is in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1. Proverbs 28, verse 1, it says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Two groups of people describe you. The first is the wicked. Who are the wicked? They are the people who flee when no one is pursuing. You are fearful, you are insecure, you are a coward. So you see, there's a connection between the wicked and the coward. Cowardice is wickedness. Because when you are a coward, you allow evil to go on. You will supervise the wrong things and never lift your voice to speak. The cowards are people through whom evil people function. They use your acceptance to validate what they are doing. So when there is wrong going on and you don't lift up your voice, you are a participant of the wrong. When there's murder going on and you don't raise your voice to protest, you are a murderer. That's why the coward is number one. Because all the other sins happen by the permission of the coward. And the Bible calls them the wicked. They run, they flee when no one pursues. Is that describing us? The contrast the wicked with the righteous. The Bible calls the righteous as bold as a lion. 
bold as a lion. That means that they are confident and they are courageous. Righteousness is bold. Righteousness is confident. Righteousness is courageous. Whereas wickedness is fearful and insecure. As Christians, God has not called us to cowardice. He's called us to courageous witness for him. Your Christian life is not a life of cowardice. It's a life of courage. The righteous are bold as a lion. So why does the Bible liken the righteous to the lion? What is it about a lion that makes it a picture of the character of a righteous person? Proverbs chapter 30, verse 21, 29 to 31. There is a picture of a lion. Proverbs 30, 29, 31. It says there are three things which are majestic in pace. Yes, four which are stately in walk. A lion, which is also mighty among beasts and does not turn away from any. A greyhound, a male goat also, and a king whose troops are with him. I will just focus on the lion. Majestic in pace, a lion which is mighty among beasts and does not turn away from any. There are three characteristics of the lion that I need to bring to your attention. First, the Bible says the lion is majestic in pace. That means that it is dignified. The lion moves in its territory with a sense of belonging. It feels in charge. I don't know whether you've seen... These are pictures or documentaries of lions roaming in their territory. They take one step at a time. They are very dignified. They are in charge. And they don't look around them looking for danger because nobody threatens them. They are very dignified. However, if you see the picture of an antelope or a gazelle or some other animal of prey, they are always looking around. They are very skittish. They are always trying to run somewhere. The least noise they are running they run when no one is pursuing because they are always aware that they are not in charge of their environment. But the lion is dignified. That is how God wants the righteous to walk. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. When you are the righteousness of God, you don't walk on this earth with fear and timidity. You walk because this is your father's earth. You are a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You belong to Jehovah. You must walk in dignity. Your walking must be dignified. Even if you are in the lowest level, socially, spiritually, you are a lion. And there must be dignity in your pace, in the way you walk. The second thing about the lion, the Bible says it is mighty amongst all the beasts. That means it is dominant. The lion is a ruler. It is not the largest animal, but it dares to go against animals that are far larger than itself. You know, I like watching the National Geographic documentaries, History Channel, Discovery. 
animal planet documentaries about animals because i like and i love the wild so much to learn just watching how the nature functions so many lessons and in all that i've watched and i've watched so many things about lions i have never seen any animal by itself unprovoked attack a lion i've never seen that i've seen animals defend themselves against a lion when a lion tried to attack them i've seen them push back a lion because a lion tried to attack a herd of bulls but i've never seen any animal go out of its way saying i'm going to go against a lion it doesn't happen even the elephant doesn't go out of its way to attack a lion but i've seen the lion attack everything lions will go against elephants will go against giraffes will go against no whatever you are they will come against you but they never fear anything to come against them that's how god wants the righteous to function the righteous should know you are not praying you are not there to be destroyed you are not there to be consumed whether by witches or by wizards or by whatever force you are the dominant power you are chief among all the beasts so the righteous doesn't live his life afraid of what is going to attack him the righteous is aware they are defended by god they are protected by god and they are in the territory of god the righteous therefore are as bold as lion and the third thing the bible says about the lion they never turn away from any they are determined they are determined people i saw a documentary of a lion that attacked an elephant oh it never turned away the elephant shook it up it will continue attacking it will continue attacking it seemed like a fruitless effort and pretty soon a couple of other lions helped him and they brought the elephant down they brought the elephant down they are determined if they say they're going to go for something they don't back off the righteous as bold as a lion if you are the righteousness of god you must be dignified in pace you must have a sense of dominion that you are in god's earth and you must be determined to face up to what you believe in that is the picture of a righteous person boldness like a lion so what does boldness sound like what when a person is bold how do they talk what is the language of people who are bold how do bold people act and speak when they are faced with challenge i'm going to sh show you four voices of boldness four voices of boldness the first voice of boldness we're going to look at is from a man who is called the father of faith abraham Abraham's voice of boldness is found in Genesis chapter 18, verse 27 to 28. This is at a time when Abraham met God. And in those days, it is believed that if you saw God face to face, you were dead. But Abraham saw God and was not afraid. And actually interceded. God told Abraham he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So God was on a mission 
of destruction against Sodom and Gomorrah. That is enough to make Abraham run, but Abraham does not run. Most of us, when we come against somebody who is going to do something strong or hard, we get scared for our own lives and run away. It's like when you see soldiers with guns in the streets. They may not be coming against you, but everybody wants to hide somewhere. Abraham heard God speak. I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but he spoke back to God. And his story is in Genesis 18, 27 to 28. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now I who am but dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than 50 righteous. Would you destroy all this of the city for the lack of five? So he said, if I find there 45, I will not destroy. What I like about this is the voice of confidence. Is the voice of confidence. Abraham says, I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. True boldness starts with boldness towards God. When we can come boldly before God in prayer, when we can come boldly before God in intercession, when we can talk to God without a sense of inferiority, when we hear that God is in a place, we don't run away. When we see God's power, we don't feel intimidated. You know, there are people who are so afraid of the presence of God because they are so aware of their own weaknesses. Abraham was aware he was but flesh, but he also had confidence before God. The voice of boldness is a voice of confidence. Secondly, the second voice of boldness we will look at is the voice of three young men who found themselves in a foreign land and came face to face with the most powerful force of the land. And their story is in Daniel chapter 3 verse 16. These three young Hebrew boys. They were required by law to worship a false god or face a painful death through fire. Nebuchadnezzar had erected this huge image of gold representing money. The force of money. Political force. Military might. That's what that thing represented. And Nebuchadnezzar says, when the trumpet sounds, everybody must bow to the golden image, to money. Everybody must bow to the political force. Everybody must bow to the military might. But these boys, they had been taught that there's only one God and he's the only one they must bow to. So they sound the trumpet and they don't bow. And they're brought before the king. The king says, hey, you are in big trouble. And listen to what these young boys said. In Daniel 3, 16, 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. It is the voice of courage. The voice of courage. Let it be known to you, O king, 
that we do not serve your gods. How many Christians have that courage? In the face of pressure from the world. How many Christians are going to say, I believe in God. I believe this is the will of God. And I'm not going to bow whether the pressure is money or politics or military might. I will stand for my convictions. There are many Christians who cannot even stand for simple faith in Christ. If they are told to go and pour libation to idols, they will. Some of you go to your hometowns. There is a funeral. And people say, well, we have to pour libation to the idols. And you go do it. Because if you don't, people will talk. People will talk. These had fire and they didn't bow. And you are just bowing because of talk. Most Christians cannot stand for their faith. A Christian has a party and he's serving alcohol. Just because your friends drink alcohol... So you want to accommodate them. So there you are serving whiskey and you're serving gin. And you can't just tell them, I'm a child of God. I don't drink and I don't serve it. We bow just before our friends, opinions of men. We bow. And some of you go around, you sit around your friends and they're passing some drink around. And you just drink it because you want to fit in. You are the coward. You lead the list. The righteous are bold as a lion. The righteous don't back down. You stand for what you believe in. If you are righteous, you stand. Some of you young ladies, girls, women, you're bowing. You're bowing. You're bowing for all kinds of things. You're bowing for shoes. You're bowing for clothes. You're bowing for phone credit. You're bowing for school fees. You're bowing for lunch, for dinner. You're bowing for a trip to London. And all your Christian faith and your dignity is compromised just because of a ticket to London or to Paris or to New York. You are what the Bible describes as the coward. He said, Pastor, but life is hard. Yes, it was hard for these young boys. Their life was on the line. They were going to be roasted in fire. And they said, we will not bow. God will provide. But even if he doesn't provide, we will not bow. And when you are bold towards God, he's bold towards you. If you honor him before men, he will honor you before men. How many of us have bowed? We've bowed to money. We've bowed to politics. Christians get into politics and they bow. We've bowed to military might. We bow to big people. We compromise everything we believe in. We throw our Christianity out of the door. We can't stand for anything. When people are around you and talking profanity, you join them because you are afraid of standing out. 
Some can't even read their Bible or hold their Bible publicly. Some cannot say, I'm born again. I'm a child of God and I don't do this. No wonder the Bible says cowards won't make it to heaven. Christianity is not about convenience. It's not about coming to church conveniently on Sunday and having fun. It's about Jesus who died openly before all men. And we must be ready to stand for what we believe in. Christians must make a difference. You must make a difference. And all of you who have alcohol bottles in your homes, go and destroy them and throw them away and make your house a sanctuary of righteousness and holiness. Stand for something. Stand for something. If people will criticize you, let them criticize you for something good. Least it will be good for your friends to say, I saw this guy, I will go to his house. Hey, you know, it's only, it's only soft drink, soft drink. He thinks we are women. Yes! And who says being a man is drinking alcohol? Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebile, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebile. Email otebile at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.